You're listening to a sermon from Pasco Vale Church of Christ. To hear more of our teaching or to find out about the church, please visit our website, pvcc.org.au. Good morning, Pasco Vale. Now, it's great to be back in church again and uh, just seeing uh, all your wonderful faces, you know, all, and also for those who are listening online, uh, a warm welcome to you too, and we certainly have not forgotten you despite not being able to see you in person. It is our hope, though, that we can all eventually meet together face-to-face so that we can encourage and build each other up in the Lord. And more so to enjoy fellowship with one another, isn't it? But we understand that we live in an era where COVID is still lingering in the community and our fellowship needs to take somewhat of a hybrid uh, approach. But regardless, a warm welcome to all. Now, our church has been following the God's plan for the World Series centered on the Gospel of Luke. And our passage today, as was read, read, was from Luke chapter 8, verse 4 to 21. And we've titled it, Listening to Jesus. <clears throat> as always, before we begin, let's just bow our heads and prepare our hearts as we pray for God to open our eyes and ears to see and hear the message that He has prepared for us today. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for a place that we can gather in your presence. And we pray, dear Lord, Holy Spirit, just fill this place with your wisdom and guide us and teach us, Lord Father, as we expand on your word. May the word that we speak and the meditation of our hearts be wholly acceptable to you today. In Jesus' most precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Friendship. Now, in a world that is so connected by the internet and social media, the term friend has taken a whole new dynamic, hasn't it? We are much more connected to the world than ever before, and we have more friends than we could count because it's so easy to make them nowadays online. For those who have social media accounts, you probably know what I'm talking about. We have lots of friends on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, so on and so forth. It just never ends. Even when we're playing games, I've even added friends from all over the world uh, to my Pokemon Go account because my kids are playing Pokemon. So we can play games with others from around the world, in Korea, India, and the likes. We never talk to them, but we can still call these people friends. It's funny. With Pokemon Go, there's even a little heart on the side that tells a heart meter that says the more hearts you have on there, the more of a friend you are with that player due to your interactions. But you never ever speak to that person or are involved in their lives. Now whilst we call these people our friends, they are honestly not just they are honestly just acquaintances, aren't they? A true friend is one you can call upon, rely upon, and go to when you're truly in need. You can tell each other stuff. And even say things which people can't understand. But your friend just gets you. They just get you. You know that you are a good friend when everyone in the room remains silent and quiet. When your friend is telling a story. And all of a sudden, you burst out in laughter. Or you break down crying uncontrollably. Because you know where this person is going with his or her story. Everyone will have no clue until the very end, but you already know what the end is going to be. Because you've been there. You've experienced it. 
He walks that journey with that friend. You know you have a true friend where you can trust your life to the person knowing that he or she's got your back. Much like how I love diving and I've got a dive buddy. And I know that we got each other's back and we do not even need to think twice about whether he's going to be there when I need that little gas of air. He will be there, we know, because he looked out for one another. It's the sort of friend you know when you call upon them to drive you to the airport at 6 a.m. in the morning. He or she will be there to send you. The person you can ask for help when you're moving house, and he or she will be in an overall and gloves the next day ready to help you move. No excuses, no fuss. Good friends are indeed hard to come by. And when you do find them, make sure you treasure them and take good care of them because they're so very important. Now Jesus at this point of the scripture was growing in popularity. He was getting, many people wanted to call him themselves friends of his. He was beginning his ministry. People from all over the area flocked to see Jesus because there was words of him healing the sick, raising the dead, and freeing the demon-possessed. It was fresh. It was new. Everyone wanted in on the action. They were hearing words and stories with profound meanings. It was the latest trend, and people wanted in on the action so much so that people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving. Now, I wouldn't suggest that that is a bad thing. But we know how sinful people are. They were not there because they believed in Jesus, that he was the Son of God, and were worshipping him. They were there mainly because of what they could get out of him. Much, of, much like our fair-weather friends, just wanting to benefit from us, not wanting to be part of us when we need to call upon them. Despite Jesus knowing their hearts, he still loved them. So he told them earthly stories with a heavenly meaning. So that those who genuinely were seeking him would hear his message and desire more. And this, my friends, are what we know as parables. These were also the teaching style of the time. Now Jesus begins by sharing with them the parable of the sower. A very familiar message and a familiar parable to all of us. A key message with a very deep meaning. We read in verse 4, And when a great crowd was gathering, and people from town after town came to him, he said in the parable, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path, and was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it, and some fell on the rock, and as he grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And then at the end, he says, as he said these things, he called out, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Now to the unbeliever, the parable is meaningless. It simply sounds like a soul who has no idea what he's doing. He's just you know, throwing seeds all over the place. 
Either that, or Jesus was just stating the obvious from what he was observing. Nothing was special about that. So what then is the purpose? What then is his purpose of telling a parable? So, and when his disciples asked him, what, is the, what does the parable mean? Uh, what's this parable meant? He said to them, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so they are seeing, they may not see, and hearing, they may not understand. You see, friends, parables reveal and conceal the kingdom of God all at the same time. Parables are an easy way to teach the truth because people can identify with it, but they are more, sorry, parables are an easy way to teach the truth because people can identify with it, but they are more than just plain illustrations. The purpose of a parable is to make the hearers think about what is being thought and not just to accept it blindly like some famous quote or words that you can just repeat. Those who gladly receive Jesus' teachings will find the parables full of meaning. As a result, their ability to understand God's truth will increase because they will truly seek Him and want to know more. Just like a good friend who invests time and interest in you grows and understands your heart, your joys, your sadness, and your quirks. But those who have no genuine interest in Jesus' teaching will see no meaning to the parables at all. Worse still, their spiritual blindness will become darker and their stubborn hearts will be hardened even more because their wills are opposed to Jesus. They cannot appreciate what Jesus is trying to teach them. That's why even in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9 to 10, he reads, and he said, Go and say to these people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of these people dull, and their ears heavy, and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. Now the above was about Isaiah talking to the people who have no love for God or His ways. Through these parables, Jesus is already exposing what is already the case amongst the people. He already knows the heart of the people who came to hear him. Those who are true seekers will want to find out more, much like the disciples asking Jesus, Jesus, what does this parable mean? And then learn from it. Whilst others who are simply there for the show and tell and the dance will not see the truth behind the parable at all as their hearts are already hardened and their darkness is being revealed. Friends, what about us? What about us? Are we genuine in our pursuit of Christ or do we simply come to church just to be fed parables? Do we wish and seek the deeper meaning behind the words that spring preached from the pulpit and from the scriptures to learn what is in God's heart so that we can be rebuked by it, corrected by it, transformed by it? 
Jesus constantly said to the churches, He that has an ear, let him hear. He that has an ear, let him hear. It is so important that we have an ear when God is seeking to say something to you. We should be constantly praying, God, God, give me an ear to hear what you have to say. And that is more and that's more than just hearing. It's about having the humble, teachable heart to listen and understand what God's message to me is today. As I read his word, or as I reflect on his passage, or as I spend my daily quiet time with him. Ask him, God, what is your message to me? What are you saying to me? What are you wanting to say to me? Please give me understanding. Please give me a year to hear. It's important for us to realize that unless the Spirit teach, does teach, we cannot learn. No matter how intelligent we might be, we cannot learn or gain any spiritual truth or insight apart from the Spirit of God, opening our hearts and our ears and our eyes to understand and to receive. You can't do it with your own strength. This is because in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, it writes, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. Friends, we need to ask God to give us the ability and the year to hear what is his message for us. So for those who are ready to hear, what is its meaning? What's the meaning of this parable? Now Jesus tells us that the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Now I'd like you to pay attention. And often we glean past this couple of words in verses 12 to 15, which we've underlined. I hope you can see that it's a bit small. But it says, but when you observe there, you understand what Jesus is talking about. Those who have heard, it says, when they hear, it says, those who hear, hearing the word, it says. Jesus is not talking about people who do not have or have not sought Jesus. He's talking about us in this room. Who have heard Jesus and are seeking. But he knows that even within our congregation, for example, there will be people who are seeking seekers of the word, but we are not all the same. The first of us are those who have fallen along the path. The devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. There will be people who hear about God and Jesus and all that stuff and the, the, the buzzwords and they come to church. They are interested in God's word, but they have a hard heart. They're not ready to receive. Therefore, they are only interested for a bit, but are not willing to be challenged or be changed or be transformed by it. 
eventually they lose interest and they move on to the next thing, jeopardizing their salvation. Next of those are those with a shallow heart in verse 13. It says, the word fell amongst the rocks and he grew up. He withered away because he lacked deep roots and had no moisture sustained growth. Friends, more important than how you begin the Christian life is how you end the Christian life. More important than how you begin the Christian life is how you end the Christian life. It's important that we encourage our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ to grow deep roots. Because if not, we burn out and we give up easily. Because there's just not enough sustenance to keep us going. Therefore, church, it is so important, so important that we don't, don't just no, not meet together. Friends, we don't always have good soil lying around, especially when we live in a fallen world. We need to help each other out, to have each other's back, to, to, to fill back our rocky ground with nutrient-rich soil to help us to grow. We cannot do it alone. Then we have those who have fallen among the thorns. They are distracted by the cares riches and pleasures of life and their fruit does not mature. Their hearts are divided. Friends, we can't serve two masters, especially when the two masters are on the total opposite ends of the spectrum. It's certainly not easy with the temptations which we face in this world, but we need to support one another so that we can remove the thorns and distractions in our lives so that we can grow and we can mature in the Lord. Well, friends, what does this look like in a practical sense? Perhaps there are competing priorities in your life right now. Which one we choose will determine how well we mature in the Lord. So choose wisely, my friends, and together, together let's try to remove those thorns and these distractions which are perhaps sucking, sucking the lifeblood out of us. That we have a ch- so that we have a chance to grow and mature in the Lord. And obviously, the last parable is that of good soil. There are those who hear the word, hold fast to it in honest and good heart, and they bear fruit with patience. Now, Jesus goes on to say that no one light after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar and puts it under a bed but it's put on a stand so those who enter may see the light. Friends, are we that lamp? Are we that lamp? Has God lit up your heart or have the word of God taken root in good soil within you so that you are growing and maturing in Him? Do we have a good heart that's eager and willing to listen to the word of God and to start the process of transformation and sanctification to become like Christ. In conclusion, friends, which heart do we have right now? Which heart do you have right this moment?
Look, I'm not asking for an answer from here. It is an answer that you have to give between you and God. No one can tell you which, one, which of those hearts you belong to. But God knows your heart much like a good friend knows everything about you. He's there for you. He died for you. And he's been risen to glory for you so that you might share in his glory. Jesus knows which heart you possess because in Luke chapter 8, 21, it says, He answered them, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. We are like family to God if we obey his words. It is not just the blood relations. It's also about our faith. Friends, to you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. The question is, now what? Now what? What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Friends, take care than how you hear. Because how you hear will determine how you will grow. Ask God to help you to hear what His message is for you. Friends, God loves you. He desires to be with you. He has promised us, ask and it will be given to you. Speak, Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Friends, let us not come to church just to have our ears tickled and be inspired by the service and then, and then go home and forget about Christ. Let us come to church to have our hearts convicted, corrected, rebuked and trained for righteousness and then go back to the week and practice what we've learned. Listen to him. Seek him. Be transformed by him. Friends, he's a good friend to you and I. And I hope all of us can be his good friends too, to know his heart, know his passion for the world, to love others as he's loved. Let's pray. Dear God, help us to hear. The parable may be a simple message, but it has such deep-rooted meaning. Help us to ask ourselves where we stand in your word today at this moment in time. And if there's anything within us that is not right, Lord Father, we lay at the foot of the cross, remembering and knowing that we are sinners saved by grace. Lord, help us to listen to your word. Help us to have a year to hear what you are saying to us. Challenge us, Lord. Speak to us. Convict us and help to bring us, Lord, to a closer relationship to you so that we can be good friends with you, knowing your heart, knowing your passion, and knowing your will. God, forgive us of the times 
that this world has distracted us from you. Forgive us of the times that we've taken our own interests ahead of yours. But help us, Lord, now, as we read from your message, as we learn from your message, to listen to you, to quieten our hearts, to put ourselves behind, behind us, humble ourselves and have a teachable heart to ask you, dear God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to grow? How can I be that lampstand, that lamp that shines for you in this world? Lord, we thank you for all the blessings and all the grace and mercy that you've shown to us. And we pray, dear Lord, that you continue to shape us and transform us in your likeness. In Jesus' most precious and holy name we pray. Amen.